Gift Biz Unwrapped, episode 225. I've had so many people say to me, why are you nursing when your arrangements are so pretty? And I'd laugh at them, you know. Attention gifters, bakers, crafters, and makers. Pursuing your dream can be fun. Whether you have an established business or are looking to start one now, you are in the right place. This is Gift Biz Unwrapped, helping you turn your skill into a flourishing business. Join us for an episode packed full of invaluable guidance, resources, and the support you need to grow your gift biz. Here is your host, gift biz gal, Sue Monheit. Hi there, it's Sue, and thank you for joining me today. I want to start out by giving a listener shout out to Vicki Glaze. She left a great review on Apple Podcasts, and it's titled, Always What I Need to Hear. She goes on to say, it is incredible how perfect this podcast fits my needs. Every time I'm struggling with something, Sue comes up with the perfect episode and answers all my questions. This podcast has helped me to grow my business, to feel empowered, and to not feel so alone. Love, Vicki. Oh my gosh, Vicki, you have no idea how much that warms my heart. Thank you. Thank you. When people review the show or when I get emails from you as a listener, I can't tell you what it does for me in my day. So again, I appreciate it so, so much. Also, I want to make sure you're familiar with my free Facebook group called Gift Biz Breeze. It's a place where we all gather and are a community to support each other. I've got a really fun post in there that's my favorite of the week, I have to say, where I invite all of you to share what you're doing, to show pictures of your product, to show what you're working on for the week, to get reaction from other people, and just for fun, because we all get to see the wonderful products that everybody in the community is making. My favorite post every single week, without doubt. Wait, what? Aren't you part of the group already? If not, make sure to jump over to Facebook and search for the group Gift Biz Breeze. Don't delay. Come join us in Gift Biz Breeze today. Moving on to talk about what we have in store for us in this episode, I am really, really excited to share with you this week's guest because I think that she's in the same spot as many of you are. She's had a solid professional career, loves what she's doing, and now sees that she's in a stage where she's starting to think about and moving into retirement. And with that comes the idea of, okay, what's next? And so what she's doing, which I think is really interesting, is she's creating a bridge, her word, I love that word, she's creating a bridge from her first career to now a new career as being her own biz boss. She's going to talk about how she's transitioning, how this came about in the first place, and without giving everything away, why don't we hear it directly from her? Today, it is my pleasure to introduce you to Patty Mullenfeld of Enchanted Events. Patty's background is actually as an emergency department registered nurse, where she loved taking care of her patients. At Advocate Sherwin Hospital, she was often called upon to design floral arrangements for corporate events, such as award celebrations, leadership conferences, and holiday galas. Patty and her husband have seven children, and as you can imagine, with all the kids came plenty of opportunities to plan and design festivities. 
She always created celebrations that were known as the best to go to for a fun time. So Patty's love of flowers and unique designs were enhanced as a protege of Preston Bailey in New York and under the apprenticeship of Akeshi at Kesh Designs in Chicago. I am so excited to have you on the show, Patty. Welcome to the Gift Biz Unwrapped podcast. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. I'm going to start off in a creative way, which you'll be able to get to easily with all of the creativity that comes with flowers. (laughs) But we're switching up the product a little bit. I'm going to ask you to describe yourself by way of a motivational candle. So if you were to create a candle by color and a quote that resonates with you, what would your candle look like, Patty? Well, it would definitely be pink. I love this soft feminine look. So definitely pink. Is this a light pink, pastel pink? Okay. Uh Yes. Got it. And so I'm going to explain to you this quote. In essence, I developed it. And that quote is, what does your dash say about you? So I'm going to explain what that means. As a nurse, I'm comfortable with the concept of death. It's part of the life cycle, something all humanity has in common. And I read somewhere that we all will have on our tombstone our birth date, our date of death, and have the dash in between. And this dash represents your life and all that you did with your life. And I got to thinking about this, and I really believe that it's so true because it envelops all of our thoughts and actions. What did you believe in? How do you treat people? How do we serve? Do you give others respect and compassion? What was your life mission statement and did you live it out? So we should give consideration to our life now because our thoughts and actions that we are living out right now in the present will be represented in that dash. So what does your dash say about you? Oh my gosh, Patty, so potent. I love that. Thank you. I'm just like in a little bit of a silent, reflective mode right now. And I got to say to you, that dash, now I think whenever I do emails or anything and I add that dash, I'm going to have to think about all you just said. Yeah. So you've left it not only in death, you know, between your birth date and your final date, but now I'm going to be using it in a dash throughout my life. (laughs) So thank you for that. I love it. And if I were you, I would totally claim that quote. It's perfect. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. So let's go into your dash, Patty. Have flowers always been part of your life? They have. I've always loved them from the time I was little. I remember May Day when I was a little girl. And I grew up in St. Louis, and I would go out and gather flowers for my mom and bring them into her. So even from a young age, we had honeysuckles in our backyard. So I've always enjoyed them, definitely. Is it the flower or the color of the flower or the scent or what is it? It's just the whole experience. And the freshness. and Yeah, the beauty. And I think more than anything, it's variety. And it's just absolutely incredible how they can be so individual. And it's like people that it's just amazing all the thought that's put into each individual flower, just like at each person. I agree. But this is not what you decided to do for a career. Right. Did you even think about the floral industry when you were thinking about a money generating career? No. And actually, I never even thought of my career as a money type aspect. I knew from the time I was probably 11 years old that I wanted to be a nurse. There were no nurses in my family. 
how I got it, I think it had to have been from God because it was a very, very strong desire. I knew I wanted to be a nurse and I wanted to be a mom. And I was blessed to have both of that. There you go. Tell us a little bit about your career. Were you always in the emergency room or the emergency department, I guess I say, right? Just a short stint after getting out of school. I was on the med surge unit. But other than that, it's been through ambulatory care and emergency room service. Mm -hmm. And how long were you there? Oh, gosh. In different places. I've lived in a couple different states. So I've been a nurse for about 39 years. So a while. And tell me a little bit about the story of how flowers and floral arrangements started to be incorporated while you were still a registered nurse and working in that manner. Well, I think throughout my life, I like to do things out of the box or do things 150%. There's been different avenues I was interested in. I took cake decorating. I took belly dancing. And I've done the floor arrangements for about 30 years as gifts, decor, and as you said, with the hospital functions. And I've had so many people say to me, why are you nursing when your arrangements are so pretty? And I'd laugh at them, you know. But then my daughter got married and I helped her with her decor and I fell in love with the process. So I decided to take a course at Triton College in wedding planning and I got certified as a planner. And when I took that class, I realized I was interested in the design aspect of the weddings and the functions. And as much as I enjoy the planning process, I'm a huge planner. I really was intrigued by the designing process. So I asked my instructor how I should start pursuing learning about the floral design for events. And she directed me to a friend of hers that gave the seminars on the luxury floral in Chicago that was a Keshi. And the first day I walked into that seminar, this room was literally filled with dozens and dozens of pink and white and lavender hydrangeas and roses. And oh, it was like I was in heaven. (laughs) I was surrounded by them and I just fell in love. I loved the flowers. I loved the designing. I loved the luxury look. And I knew that this was an avenue that I was passionate about as I approached retirement in my nursing career. And I always knew I just couldn't sit around. There's no way in retirement. And I was just debating what avenue to pursue. And this was the turn that my path was taking. And it really is a step-by-step journey. For sure is. And I want to stop you here just for a second. Gift Biz listeners, did you hear what Patty was talking about when she walked into the room? And just like it sounds to me, Patty, it was just that moment that it struck you. You already knew and you were searching out going to Akeshi because your friend had told you to, that you should go and pursue and learn more, right? But you had a physical reaction when you walked in the room. It just kind of hit you. Absolutely. On many levels. Yeah. And so Gift Biz listeners, I just want to point that out to you because here Patty was working in a whole different industry. She started pursuing something she really loved. And I talk about this a lot because a lot of you are trying to figure out what it is you'd want to do to start your own business. And many of you as makers do multiple things because that's what we do as makers, right? (laughs) And Patty, you were saying the same thing. Like you had a couple of different types of things you could have considered. But it was that one that really hits you inside you that you should pay attention to. Right. And that's probably the one that you should pursue. Would you add anything to that, Patty? 
No, it's absolutely true. It just grips you that when you're having that type of feeling, like you said, pay attention to that because you're being pulled in a direction. Absolutely. So you were then, and you said you knew you wanted to do something else. Like when you decided you were going to retire, that wasn't going to be it. You weren't going to sit on a rocking chair on your porch. (laughs) You were going to do something else, right? (laughs) How long did you have that overlap? Well, actually, I'm still in the emergency room one day a week now. I'm exiting out of it as I begin this new business. And I started it probably a year and a half ago. Mm -hmm. And I knew I wanted to start it while I was still working in the hospital because of so many contacts there. And that has really developed well because it starts going around as word of mouth. And I started doing weddings for people there in the hospital. And so being able to make that transition from when I still knew people and worked with them alongside them, that it helped getting the second business started. Yeah, that's a really, really good point. So you're kind of winding down one career and ramping up another one, but using that crossover to really help grow your business. Exactly. Yes, using it as a bridge. As a bridge, for sure. Well, I have to share with everybody how we met. And this was the one thing, Patty, I told you in our pre-interview talk that I wasn't going to tell you till we were actually recording. Okay. You and I met at a networking event a short time ago at Alden Kennels, Janet's event, But they do this four-state multi-networking event once a summer, and they use the area where they do the exercising and the training of the dog. So it's this big, huge room. We walked in, and I saw this floral arrangement, and my jaw dropped. It was so beautiful. It had to have been, what, Patty? Like, it was on a pedestal, but like six feet high? Yeah. Something like that? Huge gorgeous. And not just a bunch of flowers put together, which to my way of thinking is still beautiful. The way everything was placed and the way the flowers fell, I don't mean like falling off onto the floor, but the way they draped or whatever the professional term is, I don't know, showed quality throughout. And I'm like, who did these floral arrangements? I want to find her. And that's how you and I met. Thank you very much. That's very sweet. I appreciate it. It's true. I mean, it's one thing putting something together that's still beautiful, but there's something about your designs that just shows a level of professionalism and sophistication. And now as I got to know you and learn about your history, you invested to make sure that you had the skills and the ability to do your floral arrangements really, really professional. Right. And it does take the education, take an opportunity for to Get the education and the avenue that you're looking at. It's really important. Talk to people, listen to them. Oh, you think that's important for a transition from, let's say, that just a hobby into a real business? Yes. Okay. Talk to people in terms of the skill of the art. And then to take classes, whatever they can take advantage of to learn more about what they think they might be interested in. From a design standpoint or a business development standpoint? Both. Definitely both. Both. Okay. All right. So we've talked a little bit already from the design standpoint. So you took apprenticeship and then you were the protege of Preston Bailey. And then, well, first off, for for those of us who don't know, who is Preston Bailey? He is (laughs) the godfather (laughs) of flowers. He is Oprah's florist. 
And he's the one that designed for Ivanka Trump's wedding. Just really over the top, incredible, incredible designs. Okay, so you didn't go small, Patty. You went for the big guys to learn, right? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, love that. Okay, so we've got the design side covered. For some people who might be listening, Patty, who are just thinking, and it doesn't have to be floral, it could be a number of different maker type products. What were your first steps on the business side of getting Enchanted Events established? Well, once I had taken the design courses, uh, I started on the work of starting my business. Uh, I found someone to do the web page. I did an outline of Enchanted Events mission statement and processes, did photo shoots, legal contracts, started checking off all those boxes to get the business going. Why did you feel a mission statement was important right in the beginning? I firmly believe in mission statements. There are so many times you go into a store or whatever, and you have somebody that is just really cranky, and then you turn around and the boss is just as cranky, (laughs) and you think, my goodness, if leadership is like that, the ones that follow are also going to be that way. So I think a mission statement has to be communicated to the people that you hire, that you work with, because they are going to be presenting your business and your product when you're not around and they need to be of the same mindset that you are presenting to the community. Got it. Kind of sets the path for everybody, yourself included, I would say. Exactly. Okay. And so does it also, would you suggest, help you define who your audience should be? With the mission statement? Uh Uh-huh. Like who your customers are that you would be selling to? Hmm. I never thought about it that way. I'm just wondering, and maybe you just did this all in your mind, but as a florist, you could do only events and your history and the direction gravitated to bigger events. And gosh knows you have the skill, as I'd already talked about earlier, but you weren't necessarily just selling to the general public, one-off consumers. Or were you? I don't know. No, that was my goal was to go into the luxury market. I absolutely love making those big floral pieces like what you saw. Those are my very favorite. I love doing the things that people go, oh, my gosh, how did she do that? (laughs) So you had that idea and that vision right from the start. That's where you were going. Yes. Okay. Got you. I think that's important to clarify right in the beginning of a business, too. Now, not that things aren't going to change, as we talked about before. You know, your path might change a little bit as you go, but to really understand and have a clear direction on what you're leading to in the beginning, where your dash is going. Yes, definitely. (laughs) Okay, got it. Any advice for someone who's just starting out, something that maybe you learned or you would have done differently, hindsight, especially because you're so new still, Yes. right? So this could be fresh in your mind, like (laughs) a fresh flower. Yes, it is. (laughs) There have been so many challenges to starting the new business, and it really has been a learning process. Everyone's going to make mistakes. You pick yourself up, you learn from it, and you keep going forward. You keep putting one foot in front of the other. And there was on one wedding, let me just tell you, I had given the quote from my florals to the bride, and then I got them ordered. That's the natural procedure. And it ended up that my total cost was much more than I anticipated 
because they were bought during the week of Valentine's Day. And little did I know at that time that all florist costs across the board, across the country, are increased by a huge amount during the week of a holiday. So I lost a fair amount of profit because I'd already given the quote to the customer. And of course, I stuck with it. So now I sure check that calendar for any sneaky little holidays that are coming up before I give another quote. There are going to be, I think, nuances within every industry that you don't know until you're actually there doing it. Right. I'm so happy to hear that you didn't go back to the client and say, sorry, I'm upping your price because that would (laughs) not have been a good idea for sure. I mean, you're investing in the future of a client and your reputation by doing right by a client. Absolutely. And you expect them to honor your contract. So why wouldn't you honor your contract? Oh, it's vital. You stand by your word. Yeah. So I don't know that that would have even been a thought that you would have considered, but I'm glad to hear it just by way of best practices for sure. Yeah. The other thing that I like about your wording, Patty, is you talk about, you know, these were just mistakes. They were learnings. You didn't fail. Right. How did you get to that thinking? Oh, I think it's like when you're watching a baby learning to walk. He doesn't just get up out of the crib and start running. He's going to learn. It's a learning process. And the parent encourages him and helps him. And he falls down and cries and the parent come and dust him off. He gets up and he keeps going. And over and over and he gets better and better as he continues practicing. I think so often people look at businesses and think, oh, well, they are successful because they've never, ever had a failure, (laughs) you know? And so when someone first encounters a failure within their business, they're like, oh, see, I can't do this. And they term it failure, not mistake. I like mistake or learning or progression, just like you talk about, like a baby doesn't fall and say, okay, I'm never going to walk my whole life. (laughs) That wouldn't be good. (laughs) So yeah, so I, I love that. Any other challenging moments you care to share? We'll hear a challenge that Patty still struggles with to this day, right after a word from our sponsor. This podcast is made possible thanks to the support of the Ribbon Print Company. Create custom ribbons right in your store or craft studio in seconds. Visit theribbonprintcompany.com for more information. Well, another area that I still struggle with is the cost of a product. Within the floral industry, I've found that there's certain parameters of pricing that are expected to be observed by that community. But sometimes it just seems too expensive. And I want to help the bride be able to afford certain arrangements, but that usually comes at a cost of decreased profit for me. And I know advisors recommend not to do it, and I really try, (laughs) but it's really hard sometimes. I'm the kind of person I love to give to others, whether it's emotional support, physical need, or the flowers. So this is a challenge for me, both on the business side and on a personal side. I would give away a farm if somebody needed it. So (laughs) I'm getting better at it, but it does still continue to be something I endeavor to work on. Yeah, I can get that because if they want to switch out flowers and another flower is more expensive or they want to add flowers after your quote or all of that, I could imagine just wanting to be generous because you want to make them happy and pleased and you love doing the arranging anyway. 
but then adding that pricing element on top, you're right, it all does come from your profits. That'll be interesting to see how you progress as you stay in business and perfect that a little bit. But I'm glad you notice it. Oh, yeah. (laughs) It's a caution for all of us. I think another place where you're talking about the margins and adding in more expensive product than what you might have quoted, because I'm saying that right, right, Patty? That's kind of where you lose your profit is more expensive pieces versus what you initially thought. No, not necessarily. It's just that they're saying, oh, my gosh, I can't afford that. Oh, so you come down in price. I come down in price, Ah. but it takes it away from me. Right. Yeah, you'll learn what's going to work for you and what's not. And guess what? You're the business owner. You get to decide what you want to do. Right. You might have less money at the end of the day, but you get to call the shots, which is the best thing about being a business owner. Absolutely. Yes. I think the other place, tell me what you think about this. I think the other place where we lose money and don't consider in our pricing is production time to make things. Oh my gosh, 150%. That's so true. I can figure in the cost of my flowers, of going down to Chicago to pick them up, all your hardware that you have to work with and everything. But then I have a very, this ties in what we were just talking about. I have a hard time tying in even more because of my time. So definitely a struggle. And I think that's also just experience. Time into what you're doing because you get faster the more you do it, I'm thinking. Right. And then you're also learning better how to gauge how much time it actually takes. Because it's one thing having a vision and then estimating, but then actually doing it is a whole nother story. True. And I just want to say to the people who are listening in too, if you're not charging for any of your time, if in your pricing, all you're doing is charging for the cost of materials, even though you might be getting money for that, it's a hobby because you're not making a profit that you could then use either to pay yourself a salary or to invest in growing your business. Right. And there's all the other, the nuances of the business too, that I had to learn of doing monthly tax forms, that the taxes have to be paid on a monthly basis. I bet that's your favorite thing to do. Oh, love it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gosh. Sometimes I think all I wanted to do was make flowers, you know? Yeah, it doesn't go that way. There's other things you have to do. (laughs) Are you at the point now, I know your husband works a little bit in the business with you, right? Yes, he does. He helps a lot, mainly with, we go down and pick up the flowers from Chicago and he carries and helps me set up and different things. Does he do any of the photography? No. Okay. All right. Do you have any other people as part of your kind of support team, if you will, at this point, or is it just the two of you? Mostly you, I get it. I have probably, and it's a very select group of people, and I'm still looking for wonderful, creative people. (laughs) Oh, to do the design work part, you mean? Yes. Ah. And it's someone that I want that I have a great attention to detail, and I want them to have that same desire to give the quality product to Mm -hmm. the customer. So I'm definitely still looking, but I've got a couple of nurse friends that help me when I have the bigger weddings. Well, anybody who's in the northwest side of the Chicago market, (laughs) you're interested, get in touch with Patty for sure. Thank you. Yes. (laughs) 
what about or are you thinking about as you grow and as more time of yours gets into quoting, envisioning and designing the events and all of that? Do you think at some point you'll spin off like your bookkeeping and maybe photography or website enhancement, that kind of thing? Uh, spin them off to other people? Mm-hmm. To have other people do them for you so it frees you up as you grow? Absolutely. I envision having several little departments there of, of people helping me. But again, it's going to be a slow process because I do want to be careful who I bring alongside with me. Right. And the nice thing now is that they don't have to be employed by you. Like I know for my organization, my bookkeeper, I job that out. Some of my Facebook ads, well, my Facebook ad stuff, I job out, but I consider them part of my team. They don't work solely for me, but that helps so much. So, and I say it just because it's come up in conversation, but also for all of us to consider as we're growing our business. It's not like you have to all of a sudden be employing everybody. Some people you would employ and some people can be independent contractors doing things for your business that you don't like to do, like taxes. <laughs> Right. And that's the exact terminology I was going to use was the independent contractor. Mm -hmm. So you're still practicing in the medical field. And you mentioned earlier that a lot of the business that you get is because of the contacts that you've had in your other profession. Right. As you're transitioning out of it, how are you seeing or what are you already doing maybe to start attracting business in a different way at such time that you don't have that connection anymore? Well, again, I've already put the bridges out there. Bridges. You have bridges. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> I advertise on the knot, and that's a, a huge resource. And that's an industry-specific? Yes. Is it a publication, a website? It's a website for weddings. Okay. And it's all around the whole Chicago area. It's probably a lot further out than that. But I get a lot of calls from that. Oh, that's good. So you're already thinking into the future for that. Absolutely. Because the time is limited with the hospital. So just preparing for the future. Sure. Have you done anything specifically that you saw right away jumped forward in terms of sales besides promoting in the knot, but is there a promotion you did or something else that you've done that has really all of a sudden brought in sales over and above what you would have been expecting? I think my highlight event that brought me to the threshold of the type of events that I want to do and that I went into this business for was when I got my first wedding at a luxury hotel down on Michigan Avenue. And it was reinforcement for me of why I love this business. And I really felt it was a breakthrough into what I wanted to do, into my desired niche, that it really was possible to see this dream come true and service the luxury market. And it was quite a improvement on my increased traffic on the Instagram page, on my website. It was a huge boost to me personally. There's a couple of things that I think are really important to talk about here. First off, if you do it once, you can do it again. So getting that first one had to feel so good to you and just reinforce yes. everything. Yes. The other thing that you did is you maximized that opportunity because if you're saying that it gave you a bump on Instagram and all, that means you took pictures and you promoted that you did that event. Yes. And we had a video on there with music with it and it really went wild. 
Was your client the hotel or was your client the bride? The bride. Okay. Did you have to ask her if it was okay to do videos or did you just do it as you were setting up or how did that all work? It's part of the legal contract when we're working everything out between us. And it's very clearly spelled out in there. Oh, very good. So there was some forethought as you were putting together what your contract would be that you would use this also so that you could promote moving forward. Right. Because you definitely need advertising. Yes. Very smart. Okay, so you've done some weddings, you've done some events, you've done some networking events, which is where I saw you. You're definitely out and about getting the word out. What do you do to follow up with existing people to hopefully get more business from them? Because we all know existing customers are our best potential for more business. The existing customers really are fabulous for word of mouth. When they put reviews on the knot, when they talk to people, I had people taking pictures of some of my pieces there at the hotel. I'm not surprised. (laughs) (laughs) The word of mouth is huge among your clients that you've already had. Do you ask them, do you have something in your structure, maybe a follow-up or something, where you ask them to then review you? Yes. Actually, even before their wedding, I say, if you want to consider it, you know, may I contact you afterward and give you this link that you can leave a review on the knot for me. Perfect. I love that because so many people, even though they would, don't initiate it themselves unless they're asked. Right. So you sound like you have no qualms about doing that either. No, it's part of the business. That's great. Because most people won't, Patty. I mean, it's kind of nerve wracking asking for someone to do that for you. Well, I've always been a big believer in when people are doing a great job, let them know about it. Let their bosses know about it. Okay. And I know you're still young in your business, but are you communicating on any type of regular basis? Regular because you do big events, like not everyone's going to have a wedding. Hopefully not (laughs) another (laughs) wedding (laughs) or maybe so depends on the situation, I guess. But how do you or would you consider in the future reaching out to some of these more like significant life events where you wouldn't necessarily have them certainly every month or every year, but they could be potential repeat business throughout their life, right? Right. Absolutely. And I already do that. I had a 70th birthday party not too long ago. So there's definitely things more than just the weddings. And so how are you communicating with existing customers? Again, it's been word of mouth that they have been communicating for me, which is interesting. (laughs) Uh Do you do any emailing of past customers? Like, was so fun doing your event this past year, like things like that? Yes, that's just, I feel common courtesy after them giving you their business and you just want to thank them for using your company. All right. So you are clearly an advocate of educating yourself on the business that's proven with what all you did as you were starting your company, right? Going, doing your research, planning with all your processes and your mission statements and all of that. What do you do now on an ongoing basis to stay informed and to continue perfecting your artistry? Well, there's always so much to learn. Oh, my gosh. I'm planning on signing up for more design classes online. I had a 
bridal show down at the W. That was wonderful. Attending regional, national floral shows. The internet is great to get information from. And even to ask your clients because of the internet, so many customers are already familiar with lots of options from what they're seeking the services for. And they read reviews on products. I know I always read reviews and they do research. And so we can learn from them too. Are you part of any industry groups? I'm thinking of there are a lot of different types of Facebook groups for people in different types of industries, like gift basket groups and candle making groups and people who use the Cricut, which is a, it's like a fabric cutting and label cutting product. Mm. So you may not even know about that because that's not in your industry, but are you part of any of those types of groups? Not yet. I've kind of had my plate full between the hospital and getting everything going. And eventually I would. Oh, well, there is still the hospital. (laughs) I kind of forget about that. (laughs) And how does networking play a role in your business? Networking. Oh, it's invaluable. Because again, you go back to the, the word of mouth and just getting out there and letting people see what you do is huge. Because if you give them a card and they look at it and it's like, okay, I usually whip out my phone and my Instagram and I say, here's one, here's two that I do. (laughs) Give them an idea to kind of reel them in a little bit. And are you a member of uh, any chambers or BNI groups or anything like that? Not yet. Again, that's something that we've been looking at. Okay. So that'll be the next step for you. Right. Correct. Wonderful. Any suggestions for someone who's thinking, whether it's the floral industry or any type of industry, but they're just hedging, they're just like, I don't know, you know, I'm hearing Patty talk about this, but I just don't know if I could do it. I'm not sure that it's what I could do with my passion. What would you say to that person? Oh my gosh, try it. Absolutely try it. And don't give up on it. You know, that baby that's trying to learn to walk, everything you go through, good and bad, is going to help you with your business if you let it. And just take a step at a time and you can do it. It, There's so much out there and get quality people around you to advise you, to teach you, to help you along the way. It's not really a solitary way to walk. (laughs) You need lots of Yeah. And you know, that just, I think when we just stay within ourselves and talk within our own head, we'll think of all the reasons why it's not going to work. Of course. Right. And so getting that camaraderie around you will help you like flush out your ideas, get confidence that things could work and get support for what you're doing. Absolutely. And when one person falls down, the other can help them up. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Another thing I really like about your story, and we touched on this in the very beginning, is that you are coming from a totally different field into the floral industry. Do you feel like there are any skills that you had and still have, because I realize you're still a registered nurse and practicing in that way. Do you see any skills from that that have transferred over for you as you're building your business? Absolutely. And it's not really even a transfer. It's just the way... I approach my customers, I have the same mindset as I do with my patients. Everybody has their own special story of their life, and they are valued by God. And if God values them, then I will too. 
And I think my caring about them as a person comes across, whether it's in my nursing or the floral. And I desire to create their florals with the same care that I would as if they were my family, just like I treated each of my patients as if they were my mother, my father, my spouse, or one of my children. Oh my gosh, I can hear the passion and the heartfelt accent, I guess I would say, in your voice when you say that. Well, Patty, this has been absolutely fabulous. And by way of exchange and thanking you for all the information that you've so generously shared with us, I would like to present you with a virtual gift. So this is a magical box containing unlimited possibilities for your future. It can be your dream or your goal of almost unreachable heights that you'd wish to obtain. So please accept this gift and open it in our presence. What's inside your box? Well, if I was given a gift to be able to reach and obtain unreachable heights, it would be to be able to minister to thousands of people in need, both physically and spiritually. And the needs are so great and they're so overwhelming that it would take this magic gift to be able to reach them all. And through the wonder of this gift, my team would be able to give all the medicine that was needed to never run short of food or supplies or water. And I'd want to have the time to develop a relationship with each person and befriend them and encourage them and let them know that they are important and special. And I think to tie a bow on this wish box, I would be allowed to see how their lives were changed and improved with that magic gift. Why do you keep leaving me speechless, Patty? (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh, that is so powerful. I absolutely love that. And I want to share with people in some way all the beauty of your floral designs. Where can people go and see all of these beautiful creations that you have? What's the best way for people to find you online? I'm enchantedeventsfloral.com and that's got the direction to all the other sites beautiful. Okay, well, you know what, in that gift box that you just opened, I think you're already providing a lot of that medicine, because it that's in the beauty of all the flowers that you create. Uh And you get a chance to see that when you see all of these beautiful life events, the weddings and anniversaries and all of that people being able to celebrate their occasions. Absolutely. Their dashes. So you're contributing to having beauty and caring in the dashes. Oh, I love that. You are. You're so consistent with your message from start to finish. It's beauty in nature, like people and healing of people and creating beautiful things with fresh flowers. I mean, it all aligns so perfectly together. And there is not a doubt just by the way you communicate how much you love and care about all the things that you do in your life. So thank you so, so much for sharing it with us today. I really appreciate it. Thank you. I really enjoyed it. Now you can see why I was so excited about bringing Patty onto the show. She's so professional and really has gotten traction for her business, even though it's only a year and a half old. Bridges, think about it if you're in the same situation Patty is in terms of transitioning from a long time career that you really enjoyed to doing something a little bit different and something for yourself. Bridges. 
Moving on to next week, I'm going to be sharing with you another person who gives a great example of how your business will move through different stages. We talk about how her product has adjusted over time, how she got validation through market testing, she moved to wholesale, and then finally into her own retail shop. And a little teaser for you, this is a product that we have never, ever highlighted on this podcast before. So it's going to be a first, and I can't wait for you to hear it next week. Bye for now. After you listen to the show, if you like what you're hearing, make sure to jump over and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. That way you'll automatically get the newest episodes when they go live. And thank you to those of you who have already left a rating and review. By subscribing, rating, and reviewing, you help to increase the visibility of Gift Biz Unwrapped. It's a great way to pay it forward to help others with their entrepreneurial journey as well.